0: hi this is lauren engel of sidewalk talk We do a lot of interviews with edm artists pop artists rappers and people in the industry letting you know what they do behind the scenes also make sure to follow us on instagram and twitter through the handle sidewalk talk show hope you guys enjoy hi this is lauren engel today i'm here with another lauren hey
1: Lawrence Anderson, nice to meet you.
0: <laughs> Since you were born in Indiana?
1: Born in Indiana, yeah. I just moved here like five months ago? Oh. Six? I, I'm a ba- I'm like an L.A. baby now. <laughs> Are your parents from Indiana as well? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And when you were young, your dad used to like film everything, right? Literally everything. There's hours and hours of footage from when I was a kid. Literally. Mm-hmm. Hours and... <laughs> yeah, it's cool. There's a bunch of CDs, and he just kind of kept everything. Like, I don't know why, who, what, when, where, but I'm super <laughs> grateful because now it's just cool to look back on yeah. those moments. Yeah. What do your parents do? Uh, my mom is a nurse, and my dad, he's actually a coach for um, real estate stuff, oh. and and um, he's, he's like a motivational coach kind mm-hmm. of too, yeah. Where do you think you got your creative side from? Man. Probably a little bit of both because, I don't know, both my parents really, like, as I was a kid and growing up and everything, like, both of my parents really, I don't want to say, I guess they just, like, really paid attention to my weird side, Mm -hmm. like, just being a weirdo and being, like, my own person. Both my parents just never pressured me to be normal, Mm -hmm. you know? They were always just like, she's the crazy one, she's the weird one so then I was always like just learn to embrace (laughs) the the weirdo stuff and creative stuff what are your parents personalities like my mom is very goofy and funny and uh she's very like cute and my dad (laughs) is very respectful my dad is very like entrepreneur and leader and stuff like that so my mom I think gave me like my quirkiness and like I don't know really what that is, but my dad definitely gave me like my business side and mm-hmm. like my love for entrepreneurship. Can I cuss? Yeah. Okay, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of music were they playing in the house when you were growing up? Um, my mom was playing a lot of I'd, I'd say like a mixture of like country and hip hop. Um like I grew up in Indiana, so like Keith Urban, mm. Faith Hills, and McGraw. And then I, I also heard my first hip-hop album with her, which was Sierra's album, My Goodies. Oh, my God. Yep, so changed good. my life forever. <laughs> um, and then on my dad's side, he played a lot more, like, alternative and, I don't know, like, I can't really remember. I feel like he just, like, l- played the radio, like, rap, hip-hop type stuff, pop, maybe. hmm Yeah. Did he like school growing up? No, I hated it. I hated everything about it, honestly, except for, like, seeing people. And, yeah, I had really bad grades, too. I did not like this. This is a nice interview. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just had really bad grades. I just don't have the type of personality to, like, sit in a desk and just, like, be talked at. I don't Mm -hmm. really like that. What were you doing in your free time back then? Um... I wrote a lot of poems when I was growing up, and which later turned into rapping. And um, I don't know, I've always, like ever since I got my license when I was 16, I've always just driven, like all the time. I don't know (laughs) why, it's just like, it's a hobby. Mm -hmm. Just driving and playing music super loud. Um, Yeah, and just telling stories, just like, I always knew. I always knew I was going to be a musician. Not not a musician, but like I always knew I was going to be a leader. Mm-hmm. So I've just done everything I can to make sure that I'm just preparing. Yeah.
0: You wanted to be a magician when you
1: were younger? Yes. How did you know that?
0: <laughs> I know everything.
1: Do you? <laughs> did you do your research? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I see you. Um, yeah, I wanted to be a musician. I went on a cruise when I was like 15 or something, and... I got hypnotized, and oh. it was crazy. I got hypnotized like on stage, and I just like magic is dope. Well, did they tell you to, what did you do on stage? Like did they, they um, they like first of all they hypnotize you and like put you to sleep basically, and then it's like me and like twenty other people or something, and then they like would tell you like you're a Abercrombie model and this is your runway yeah. and like stuff like that and like I literally did it it was crazy all of us did it looking back at the video like they would be like I think they told us we were like trying out for American Idol and they would like pick us Mm -hmm. and then we had to like do our audition and like everybody took it seriously yeah you just like whatever wherever they tell you you like put yourself in those shoes
0: oh it's just weird for the rapping stuff they used to do were were there like
1: people you listen to at that part of your life, like rappers? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the first rappers I was ever inspired by was g mm. I remember in, like, junior year, he came out with the song Been On, and there was this video where, like, he had a cigarette or a joint or something in his mouth, and it was, like, paused like this, but then all this, that the, it was like a picture, but then mm-hmm. the smoke was going up. Oh and it was, like, that was the music video, and it was crazy to me. Um, and he just, like, told, told like, his story in his music, which I really loved. And then at the same time, I really have always loved Jay Cole, g Jay J. Cole, and definitely Tyler, the Creator, and Mac Miller. Oh. Mac Miller, actually, I heard before G-Eazy. So Mac Miller was <laughs> the first one I was ever inspired by. Yeah. But, yeah, Tyler definitely was, like... The first weirdo, that I was just like, dude, this guy is weird as hell, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and he was super vulgar, which I just love. <laughs> what well, made you decide to do, like, YouTube covers before? Justin Bieber. Oh. <laughs> Literally, his bathroom covers and shit, like, I loved him. Mm-hmm. He was, like, the first person to ever really get, like, a real career from YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Whoa,
0: whoa, you did like a meetup
1: back at Taco Bell with like a few of your friends. Yes, um, yeah there was about four people there. Um, yeah that was my first time that I ever like tweeted a location and I was like, "Mimi me here, I'm on my way to Canada. And I said like a random Taco Bell in Michigan and I got there and there was like that was the first time that anybody's ever like, sign this. It oh, was crazy. Wow. How long
0: after did you do that when you started putting out like your videos? Music?
1: Yeah. I put out my videos like around that time, but the first like time I ever put out a song was a couple years after that. Maybe oh. like two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you already come out before that? Um, before the Taco Bell meetup? Yeah. No. (laughs) Before Taco Bell, after Taco Bell. Before Taco Bell or after? Because Taco Bell affected me in a big way. (laughs) I love that. Oh my gosh. No, uh, I came out, came out junior year. Um, why I say this is because I was never, like, I never had, like, this huge extravagant story or anything. I just tweeted and I was like, I think I'm gay. That was me coming yeah. out. And then to your parents. Yeah, my parents like- Read Twitter, no. <laughs> what? Read it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the rest of my family. <laughs> no, I came out it's uh, my dad junior year, yeah. and my mom junior year. But I think that was like a year after the Taco Bell thing. Yeah. Maybe two. Was it easy to like let all these people know? Um, my family like means a whole, I mean, I guess what's the best way to say it? I guess the best answer is I was really scared to tell my family just because, like, you just don't know how they're going to mm-hmm. react, especially when you just come to terms with it yourself. Um, my dad was, like, a great person to first find out because he asked me if I was. Oh, really? hmm Yeah, so um, long story short, he knew, like, he could sense that I had feelings for someone, a girl. And so, yeah, he just asked me and... I told him and he was just so supportive, like Lauren, no matter what, I'm always going to love you and like all this stuff. So that gave me like confidence right off the bat, you know, and not a lot of people get that. So I was super grateful of that. And I mean, that's, that's just what made me feel confident in it myself, Mm -hmm. you know, because, because he was like, this doesn't change you. Mm -hmm. It's just you, like you're still the same you. And so that just made me accept it, you know? hmm And what clicked you to start
0: motivational speaking back
1: then? I think my friends, like, in high school asked me for advice a lot, so... Um, I started making the motivational videos, which I only ended up making a few. Um, but... Fuck. Okay. Focus. Started making the videos. Okay, so I started making the videos because I feel like just because, like, I recognized that people really just weren't being positive, and they weren't believing in each other, and, like, big dreams, like, couldn't be a thing where I lived, and, you know, people just, like, couldn't comprehend the fact that I wanted to be, like, the superstar someday, and so I just made them, honestly, to cheer on anybody else going through the same shit, and to just, like... Be the person that I needed. Do you think you got it from your dad, like, motivational speaking? Definitely. He he was always, like, motivational, inspirational quotes all the time. And he always told me I was going to be a leader someday and that I was a leader growing up. Like, even when I was six, he was like, this is our leader, Lauren. Oh. Yeah, so he just always, like, planted that seed and so did my mom, so... Yeah, it just like kind of became a thing. Yeah. I just he spoke it into existence,
0: but towards the end he didn't really like like going to do all these like
1: speeches nah. at the school. Yeah, it was just too serious. Like it like was too quiet. Swear. Yeah, I couldn't cause, <laughs> couldn't like tell the real story. Couldn't talk about girls and all that. So it was just like, nah. Like I need my own shit. I need my own stage, not. In front of a classroom. And you were about to go to University of Indiana, right? Indiana University, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was about to become a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to become a therapist and, you know, have, like, an office where people book sessions and... What the fuck? I don't know. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was my plan. And now I just realized that, like, I'm not a one-on-one. Well, I mean... I just wanted a stage. That's really it. I just Mm -hmm. wanted like it to be bigger and crazier and tattoos and just like I wanted it to be more badass than just like I'm gonna help you today. Mm -hmm. You know I just wanted to like live freely and like be happy in my own life. Chase my crazy ass dreams and like if people were inspired from that then that was it. Yeah.
0: And then, did you start putting out your own songs and have management approach here? Like, what was the next step in your music at that point?
1: So pretty much, when I was ending high school, uh, right before graduation is when I decided that I didn't want to go to college. And I didn't know what I was gonna do yet, but my biggest thing was just like, I wanted to inspire. So, I thought of the, what's like the one thing I can do without college? Like, what don't I need a degree for? What can I just jump into? And I was like, the one thing I what that I thought of was speaking. So that's when I looked up like TED Talks. And that's yeah. when I found a TED Talk application online. So I filled it out and whatever, whatever. Got that. After the TED Talk, I got I started getting asked to speak at schools. After that, like a month of that, I was over it and I wanted to make music. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a couple months after speaking at schools, um, I made the decision that I want to make music, and then I put out my first song like four days after I wrote it. Oh! And did, did that you was two know, years like, ago. Did you already know like producers at that point? No, I found um, I found this guy named Earl Saga. He's from London, and he was just making beats on SoundCloud, and I love them. Um, and that's how that started. I just messaged him, and I was like, "Dude." I like your beats, let me use one. And he he made like twenty more we made like twenty more songs together after oh, wow. that. He was the only producer I knew until I moved to LA. So yeah, he made a lot of my mm. shit. And then were a lot of your previous YouTube fans like translating into
0: people who started listening to the yeah. music? Yeah. I think. That's, that's how you like, got your music out there initially.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of. I mean, I think like my biggest following was always on Twitter. And like, I was always like this, I always just like tweeted shit, like all the time, like tweeted about my life, what I was doing, my thoughts, whatever, my feelings. And then Twitter basically like branched off into YouTube, but still my biggest following was Twitter. And so then when I made music, I just posted it on Twitter. Um, And that's really, I think where people found it. That's where I've always had the most followers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And most like people, I think, paying attention.
0: Yeah, and then
1: yeah.
0: how long after did like Epic find you,
1: or were um, you like
0: look, looking into a few like management or like labels?
1: Basically, I made my first couple songs, independent, released my first independent EP, um, and that's when a few labels had reached out to me. Just like, um, I mean, pretty big labels, but. I wasn't ready to do that, and that just, like, wasn't where I was at in my head. About a year later, I released my second independent project, and that's when um, Epic emailed my manager and asked what my plans were for the next couple months or years or whatever. And they flew me out to L.A. with, like, the rest of my team at the time. And, yeah, I, I swear to you, like, Right when I first heard from them, I thought I knew at least that I didn't want to sign and that I wanted to keep being independent. And I met with them and I could just tell that like they really got my vision and they knew what I wanted to be and they knew what I was and what I wasn't. And yeah, they were cool with Mm this, So I was like, fuck it. Like if I don't say now, if I don't say yes right now, like when am I gonna let people help me, Mm -hmm. you know? And
0: in between that time, were you working other jobs to sustain yourself?
1: No, I was, um, I was selling a lot of merch throughout this time, and that was, like, my main thing, and then, yeah, I mean, I really wasn't focused on money, but, like, I had a little thrift store on the side, too, to kind of, like, keep me going, um, and be able to afford studio time and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. yeah. How did the PNB Rock song come about? Um... I was in the studio with First, FKI First. He worked on a lot of stuff on Post Malone's album Sony. Um, And he's super talented. And we were in the studio and like right when I signed with Epic, we kind of agreed that Written in the Stars, which I had already released independently, but we wanted to re-release it with like a little extra flavor. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I went in with First and made like a little feature slot. And I didn't know who was gonna like feature on it, but apparently him and uh, PNB had a session together and he played him the song and like PNB just really fucked with it. So a couple days later, maybe like a week later, I woke up and it was in my inbox. And from the second I played it, like I just loved it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really, I thought it was really good. It was like one of the best things I had heard from him. Oh wow. Yeah. Why did you decide to like write all these letters? I think that was like one of the first ways that me and my supporters had ever really like connected on like such a deep level because when I when I got my PO box, um, people started just writing to me and like spilling their heart out to me and I, I like I really think it's because people knew that I'm really accepting and like I'm pretty open-minded and I, I don't think a lot of people are. Not saying that like whatever, but. People see that and, like, they feel that I'm not judging anybody and I'm not, like, trying to criticize anybody. So people would just, like, feel like I think I I was, like, their safe person. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, like, super touched by that still. But when people would write me letters, like, I just knew how important that was to answer them. And now it's at a point where I can't answer everything I get. But, you know, I, I do as much as I can, and I think that... It's just dope that people, mm-hmm. people know that they can confide in another human. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say your music has changed since the early songs you wrote? Um, I think I just matured a lot in my feelings. And I mean, being like making music for three years now, you learn so much because like you make your first project, you know nothing. You make your second project, you kind of know some things. Mm-hmm. But then by, like, my third project that I'm making right now, like, I feel like it's a whole new ball... ball blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's a whole new ball game just because, you know, I have a lot more ability to to go in the studio and meet with different producers and and everything like that. So I think now the music I'm making is more badass and... It's just more me, Mm -hmm. yeah. How would you say you've grown as a person since you were younger? I've become much more respectful. I, like, learned how to be respectful, or I guess, like, the biggest thing I've learned is how to be a weirdo and, like, you know, be badass, but still be respectful and, you know, just how to, like, Embrace who you are without like shutting down other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I become a lot more motivated and mm-hmm. like inspired in my own life too because I used to be super unmotivated. I used to like be really like, I don't give a shit about anything mentality. And now I give a shit about pretty much everything, um, everything that I need to at mm-hmm. least. So, yeah. Yeah. What would you say have been your biggest challenges so far? I think I was worried for like a long time about finding my sound. Like I just felt like I'm like, everybody I looked up to or whatever, um, really like knew what they were doing. They knew production wise, they knew lyrical and like they knew their flow and whatever. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I did not know my style or, like, my full vision. I just knew, like, I want to inspire people, but, like, I didn't know what I wanted to sound like. And so my biggest challenge was just finding my lane and, like, really embracing who I am and musically, whether it's singing or rapping or just, like, believing in myself that I can, like, really do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So yeah another thing I mean when I signed it's so much different than being independent when you're independent you can release it whenever you want however you want you don't have to go through a million people just to do like one thing which I'm endlessly grateful that I signed and I'm so happy that I signed but it was a lot to like learn you know mm-hmm. realizing that like not everything can just be like at the snap of a finger or push of a button it's like Everything is a process. Everything has a plan. Everything is like perfectly constructed. And yeah, it was just a learning process. Mm -hmm. What does love mean to you? Love? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Love. (laughs) I've never been asked that. (laughs) What does love mean to me? Love is just anything that makes you For one second, okay, this is going to be so cheesy. (laughs) Just for one second, it's whatever just makes you forget about all the bad things in the world. And for that one second, I like your shoes. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And for that one second, you know, you just let the happiness pour in. Mm -hmm. Whether that's a person or a thing, whatever it is. Like when I'm skating, I feel like just love. I Mm -hmm. feel like I am love in that moment. Cause I don't give a fuck about <laughs> nothing but that. What are
0: the meanings behind your tattoos? What one? Or your fa- I don't know. <laughs> Do you have My favorites?
1: favorite? Um, I think something cool. <laughs> I think something cool is like a lot of the tattoos I get, I picked out of a box. Mm-hmm. Like this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, and this one, and this one. <laughs> I all picked out of like a random box. So I didn't know what it was before I picked it out. It's just called the Get What You Get box in Indiana, uh, where I'm from. And yeah, I think it's fucking dope to get a random tattoo. Because whatever you picked, that means like that's what the universe wanted you to get. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I sometimes think that the, like someday I'm going to be a grandma with this on my hand. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> <Cool>.
0: <laughs> yeah. Last,
1: yeah.
0: Last question. What do you want to be remembered for?
1: Damn! Doing whatever the fuck I want and not giving a fuck about the consequence. Um, I want to just be the definition of, like... I mean, I don't want to be. I think I am the definition of just, like, literally... I hate be yourself, but just, like, I am myself, and I don't let a single fucker get in my way.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank
1: you. (laughs) Bye.